he accepted Christ. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. And you can win our bargain book for today, which is Planet Still in Rebellion by George Venderman. But again, that question was, what forbidden art did Simon from Samaria practice before he accepted Christ? Mm, There you go. What was it? All right, let's see what we can uh, let's see what we can do here as far as text messages. Our text messages have been pouring in. Let's just have a look here. Um, <laughs> I have not had a chance to check them all, so that's a bit scary. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to read. <laughs> we'll read them. That's right. That's what we do here. Uh, da, 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 da. Ooh, where does this one go? Back here. Back here. Back here. Okay, go. Okay, that one's the chicken and the egg one. Yep. The question. Okay, here we go. The question about the tree. Oh, okay, I want to hear an answer. <laughs> so, if a tree falls in the woods, it doesn't make a sound if there's uh-huh. nobody there to hear it. Mm. Uh, the question about the tree making sound if not heard is very self-centered. The B story is proof that things still happen even if not observed by people. Wow. Karen says that one. This Karen turned it into a moral thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just, I'm awesome, awesome stuff. I love that. I love that. Yeah, wow. Go, Karen. All right. Um, if there's supposed to be a separation between church and state, then why does the church accept accept government funding from the state? Ooh. I think this is actually a valid question. Mm. Um, I attended a college when I was doing when I was studying theology uh, that did not accept any government funding whatsoever at all for this reason. Mm. And, you know, one of the things that they said is that there is always going to come a time in the future, we don't know how far in the future, but that time will surely come when the government will turn around and demand their pound of flesh. Mm. And we're starting to see that happen, where the government is starting to say, okay, these are our morals and you must live by our morals. And the reason that you must do that, one, is because we have given you so much money for such a long period of time, and two... If you don't live by our morals, then we will remove that funding. And because you know institutions have now become dependent on that funding, mm. then yeah, it's a, it's a very valid question, mm. um, and I think it's one that it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future. This is not something where we can go back and rewrite history. We can't mm. change, you know, where we are and what has taken place in the past. Uh, but it's certainly uh, certainly a, a valid point. Genesis uh, chapter 25, verse 27, and the boys grew and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. Jacob was a plain man living in tents. Uh, Regarding the interview, Bruce says, Jacob is a parallel to Lucifer in his needing the power and glory. God humbled himself to be with us, Emmanuel God with us. We need to realize what we have and follow. That's where real power lies. Mm. That's interesting. I'd have to do some thinking on that one. I like this point at the end, though. Absolutely. Humbling ourselves and accepting the situation yeah. circumstances yeah. that God has given us because he's ultimately he's given it to us for our good. Okay, then we've got a bunch more here. Okay. Did we read this one about hornets and wasps yet? The army that God was used... Oh, no, we didn't read this. Hornets and wasps is the army that God was to use to clear the promised land. Extinct bees, you never know what's happening around you. People don't even realize that good and evil angels are all around us always. Oh, wow. Yeah, good good parallel, good mm. object lesson. Ask God to open your spiritual eyes. You'll be surprised what you will see. Um, that reminds me of the story of Elisha and his servant in mm. the city of Dothan. 
and you know the uh, the Syrians have laid siege to the city, and Lysha's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. We've got more soldiers than they do, and Dothan's like, five acres, yeah, mm. <laughs> this tiny town, yeah, and uh, and 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 his servant is freaking out, and so he says, Lord, open his eyes so he can see, and suddenly he sees the army of the Lord yeah. camped outside the army of the Syrians. Totally. Okay. Uh, the COVID update. Gibraltar speaks for itself. We have discussed this issue for months. The proof is in the pudding. Israel is on the same spot. It's going to get worse. I think that, you know, we're all super excited like right now, but like, oh, it's all over. It's done. You know, we're never going back down into lockdowns again. Well, yeah, Europe is proving otherwise. Mm. Um, general Flynn speech. That's funny. Lawson, I thought this was funny as well. I, I was... And cringy. Oh, it's so cringy. That's what makes it funny. It's just the most awkward, cringy thing ever. Particularly for a Roman Catholic to say, to say that, uh, you know, Americans don't know their history, which is why we need one church under God. (laughs) And I'm thinking, (laughs) do you understand why America was founded? Do you understand why the Constitution was written? It was founded by people who were fleeing from the Roman Catholic Church and wrote a constitution to guarantee that the Roman Catholic Church could never have power in their country. Yeah. This is why the Catholic Church pronounced the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, as an anathema, wrote a syllabus of errors against it, wrote a series of encyclical letters against the U.S. Constitution. Mm. They were specifically targeted by that Constitution. And Mm. Michael Flynn wants us to go and study our history. Study history and you'll see the real America where there's one church. Like, that's It's like, no. Like, it's never been like that. Okay, okay. I haven't even read read this yet. I just... He's, he just, you know, said that's funny. And I'm like, yep, we agree that's funny. Um, anyway, we've been preaching this would happen for a very long time. He is Catholic, preaching Catholic beliefs. The word of God is correct again. You do appreciate that the Catholic Church only really recognizes the Catholic Church as the one true faith. All others must come back to the mother church. Mm. This is true. That's part of their doctrines. That's part of their beliefs. And, you know, fair enough. They're allowed to have those beliefs. Mm. Uh, just don't try and create a church state. <laughs> uh, did you watch the news clip about the Queensland Premier talking about detention camps being built for the unvaccinated? Didn't see that. What? I will have to. I will have to YouTube that and see what that's about. Anyway, send me the clip. All right, talking about fear mongering to frighten people to get vaccinated while they will be used for the unvaccinated. The real plan is to use them for God's people in these last days. Wake up, people. Um. Very interesting observation. Um, wow. Never knew Jacob was 77 years old. Me either. Mm. When Byron came out with that, I'm like, I always thought he was like 30. Yeah. When he left home. Learn something new every day. Amazing grace of God. All of men, all of these Abrahamic descendants are getting married. It's crazy old. Like Yes. Well, like Isaac was like 40, which in the grand scheme of things actually seems pretty young. Compared to... Jacob, Jacob, man, but also like Moses, like all these, all these big dudes, are like getting married mad late. Yeah, I don't know. It raises a bunch of questions in my mind that I do <laughs> not have the answers to, so I'm going to stop speculating now. Um, Victorians are protesting in a big way with the biggest protest ever seen in Australia against the draconian laws. Daniel Daniel, Daniel Andrews wants to implement. God bless them. May people, may people 
power win. Some MPs are voting against it. It looks like the whole thing is in tatters mm. and Daniel Andrews has a whole lot of egg on his face because, you know, when you're going to overreach in power, there comes a point where you reach too far and even when you talk about the miserable little few people who are protesting outside, well, kind of when there's thousands of them, mm. it's a little bit disingenuous to describe them as a miserable few. Yeah. Um, and then when the MPs are like, yeah, no, nah, we're not going to vote for this. Yeah. It looks like the whole thing is wrecked. Nah, bro, I support him. Hashtag my dictator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just joking around. Oh, uh, dear. All right. Are we going to do a Bible study now? We're going to do a Bible study. Okay, awesome. Somebody, somebody <laughs> I've just got to say, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they described Victoria and Calif- California as wives. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> Just think about that for a moment. Uh, yes. Um, all right, let's go to uh, our Bible study. Let's head over there. Ooh, where is my Bible study? Here it is. Uh, one, more, one more text coming through. Oh, okay. Up to 100,000 people apparently are protesting. Oof, oh, I haven't seen that yet either. That's, in, but. that's incredible. That's a lot of people. I am behind on the news this morning. I need to catch up. Wake up, Lyle. I got here a bit late this morning, so there you go. <laughs> Lots of news stories. And I was looking for a different story, but anyway. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 to 20. Deuteronomy 30. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. At least we got to announce the Bible verse. Yes. Before that segment ended. That's right. <laughs> but we just we just love the fact that you guys are engaging with us and sending your thoughts mm. through and engaging with the Bible study and the news and everything that's happened. We love to hear from our listeners. So do send your thoughts through. That's what that's what the open line is for. And if you want to call through and have a chat on, on the radio, there's an open line there. You are more than welcome to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where are we going? Deuteronomy 30? Start reading in verse 15. 15 to 20 is this where we This is going. the passage we read yesterday. It uh, is? It's, it's now, listen. Wait, 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 wait. Did I give the wrong passage? I gave you the wrong passage. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, let I thought, me I'm like, see. this is I the am... exact passage we read yesterday. Deuteronomy 30. Yes. Verse 1 to 10. 1 to 10. Ah, okay. 1 to 10. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, got a bit of reading right here. Let's start in verse 1. In the future, when you experience all these blessings and curses I have listed for you, and when you are living among the nations to which God, your God has exiled you, take to heart all these instructions. If at that time you and your children return to the Lord your God, and if you obey with all your heart and your soul all the commands that I have given you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. He will have mercy on you and gather you back from all the nations where he has scattered you. Even though you are you are banished to the ends of the earth, the Lord your God will gather you from there and bring you back again. The Lord your God will return you to the land that belonged to your ancestors, and you will possess the land again. Then he will make you an even more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. The Lord your God will change your heart and your hearts of your descendants, so that you will love him with all your heart and soul, and so you may live. The Lord your God will inflict all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate and persecute you, then you will obey the Lord and keep all his commands that I am giving you today. The Lord your God will 
then make you successful in everything you do. Um, he will give you many children and numerous livestock. He will cause your field to produce abundant harvest for the Lord will again delight in being good to you as he was to your ancestors. Then the Lord your God will delight in you if you obey his voice and keep his commands and decrees written in the book of instruction. And if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul. There you go. All right. So as you uh, work your way through here, the question is this. What are the promises given by God, despite the fact that this section is talking about what would happen to them if they disobeyed, what does this teach us about God's grace? Mm, I love this point. It's like even if you are banished to the ends of the earth, like God will still, you know, and, and, and because the curses have described this idea of like when the children of Israel disobey, they will be displaced. Like yes. that's like the, yes. it's like God is the one, like they were displaced. They were a slave nation, a slave people that has now been miraculously made into a real nation um, that is about to possess a land by God's help. And, but God is saying, if you disobey me, you will continually be dispossessed. And let's say you disobey me to the point where you literally get banished to the ends of the earth. Like I will still love you. I will still extend grace to you and mercy to you um, and, you know, still be giving you the opportunity to choose me, which I feel like is this because this is the preamble for what we read yesterday, which it then says, choose life, you know, rather than death. Absolutely. Even in this situation in which you're banished until the ends of the earth. Absolutely. And, and, you know, this is the theme of the whole Bible study this week is to, is to choose life. Mm. Um, You know, God puts before us, uh, you know the, the the option we we don't have to exist if we don't want to. Mm. We have freedom of choice. God will never take that freedom of choice away from us. Mm. We didn't come. We didn't ask to come into existence, but we don't have to remain there. Mm. And what God does is like choose life, because if you choose life, I'm going to give you the most amazing life that you cannot even begin to imagine how amazing it is. Mm. And I think a lot of the time, because, you know, when, when we come to this whole situation, it can, can sound a little bit negative, you know, when, uh, when, when, when we kind of we, we, we look at it and go, oh, wow, you know what? Um, it, uh, it, 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 it just sort of sounds like God's like, well, you don't have to choose existence if you don't want to. So mm. suicide is a viable thing. And I think what God, that's not what God is saying. God is not just being cold like that. Mm. God is saying, look, life is amazing. I've Mm. given you this thing as a gift. Mm. You might be going through some rough times right now, but if you choose life and choose to to live your life here on this earth with me, I can make your life meaningful. It might not feel meaningful right now, but I can change that. I can turn Mm. that around. I I can make your life something that is absolutely sensational. So choose to have a sensational life. Mm. God is not saying choose to have a miserable life. Yes. God is saying when God says choose life, and and we need to understand, you know, what he actually means by life because Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Mm. And this is the the whole thing that God is, is, is putting in front of his people here it's not just choosing physical life it's choosing it's about choosing abundant life mm. 
Okay, so if we're going, if God is going to give us life and give us life abundantly, does that then justify the prosperity gospel? Yeah, oh, I knew you were going to go here, man. I'm like, well, you can't not, you know? Yeah, because I mean, there's so many people. Uh, um, there's so many people that do. Mm. So, what about it? Yeah, let's go there. Tell us about it. Is this is this choose the abundant life? You know, if you love God, he will give you the desires of your heart. You mm. Submit yourself to God and he will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, does that mean that God is going to, you know, give you prosperity? Mm. Is, is the end result of choosing God, um, yeah, prosperity on this earth, you know, increasing in, in wealth and status and power within your immediate situation? Is, is that what God is, is leading you to? Now, Personally, I would I would lean against that, and I'd love to hear the listeners' thoughts. They can give us a call on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, or text us on those numbers, and and we can get some get some awesome thoughts from you guys. Um, but I see something really interesting happening here. Like, essentially, these people we've been talking about, like dispossession and possession, and how God is bringing them into the Holy Land. And I see a group of people here. Who are, who come from, yeah, the status of dispossession to possession, essentially. That they're, they're like, okay, like then they're, they're an enslaved people group. Um, and they go from enslaved to, uh, sorry, they go from slave to not slave to free. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, yeah, this reality again, and this is something that we touched on last week too, but this reality touches us all. That the reality is, is that this world that we live in that's full of sin and pain and death and suffering is, it's, we are dispossessed as God's people yes. because we don't live under the rule of God. We live under the rule of Satan and, you know, with sin and pain and suffering and everything that brings, like we are a dispossessed people. Um, and it's like God is offering a solution here that is, you know, similar to uh, as the Isra- Israelite slaves came out of slavery and possessed this land that they could call their own. Um, we have the ability on this side of, you know, the the second coming and sin and pain and death and suffering coming to an end to choose God and to choose, you know, rather to be dispossessed, to choose to possess. And that's to possess life in God and more abundantly. And that will ultimately be fulfilled when he comes back. That's, Absolutely. That's my perspective here. But then it's like you can experience abundant life here as well. But I think that's the question, though. It's like what is abundant life on this earth actually look like well so many people i mean americans in particular with the capitalist mindset that they have the only definition that they have for abundant life is wealthy life Mm. and so you have your american evangelical um prosperity preachers and that's what they preach and you'll find the flip side of that in your developing countries where people are incredibly poor and so you know they are looking for any advantage that they can get, and if Christianity is going to give them that advantage, they're like, well, if I'm going to get wealthy, I've got to become a Christian because that's mm. what the American evangelical uh, prosperity preachers are saying. Mm. And so you know that just creates a ripe environment for religion scams. Mm-hmm. And you talk about all the different kind of scams that there are out in the world. You have romance scams, and you have charity scams. Uh, you've got you know. Religion scams are just as big, if not bigger. Mm. And it all comes down to telling people that if you want wealth, and and the assumption is, of course, that wealth is going to be the solution to an abundant life. Mm. Let me tell you, it's not. Mm. It is absolutely not. Anyway. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right. Text messages coming through here in relationship to the Bible study. Hi, guys. Years ago, I fell for the prosperity teachings by a famous preacher. Now I see it as abundance of fruits of the Spirit. I need patience and godly wisdom more than dollars. Mm. Really good message right there. Uh, fantastic message from Scott. And I think, you know, if Lawson... You know, Lawson was just saying, like, you know, in the break, like, he totally believes in the prosperity gospel because he's, like, the wealthiest Bible worker there is. <laughs> yeah, bro. The guy owns a motorbike. It cost yeah. him, like, $4,000. Yeah, dude, I own three guitars and I drive a car. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the point of that is that, you know, when you look at Lawson's entire earthly possessions, which you could probably, you know, sell off for maybe $8,000 or something like that, <laughs> Um, that's that's Lawson's value at the moment. Yep. But but you hear Lawson every day come in here on the radio and testify how that because of God's grace he's he's just living the life. Yeah. It's just totally, it's just the, it's the best bro. life. It's an abundant life. And I can testify the same. You know, if I look back on my life, some of the times when we were the poorest mm. was when we had the happiest times. Mm. You know, the most epic family holiday we ever had was when we're like, we're too poor to go on on, on, on holiday. We can't have a holiday. Mm. We're like, well, we have a tent. So we went, we took our tent and went bush with no plans as to where we would end up. <laughs> Two weeks, lived in the bush, lived in the town. It was great. Saw some amazing things. Anyway, uh, Freco says this, we have a government fighting against our great-grandparents who gave their lives for the freedom rights against, you know, this mandatory stuff that we're getting right now. Mm. Stuart says, did you know that Jacob was a plain, perfect, in brackets, same word used to describe Job? I'd have to look that up. I don't know. Despite his failures, Jacob had a heart after God. Gives me reason to have hope for my own salvation. And this is the point of the story. If you look at Jacob and you look at the terrible things that he did, and yet God calls himself repeatedly... I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when we read the story of Jacob, you know, we would be hesitant to say he's one of our mates. Mm. It's like, Jacob, who's Jacob? Do I know Jacob? I don't know Jacob. You mm. know? Oh, he's that terrible person who did, you know, da, 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 da. that's how we would be. Wow. But God's like, no, I'm the, God, I'm the God of Jacob. Absolutely. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Not because they were perfect people, but because they're exhibit A, of the power of my grace mm. to change lives. Mm. And so God holds them up and he says, look, if I can do this with Jacob, imagine what I can do with you. Dude, and even furthermore, and this is segueing to our to our Bible study here as we're reading about Israel. Yes. And God also calls himself the God of Israel. He does. Which is like we're reading like about these blessings and cursings with the hindsight of then what eventually uh-huh. took place uh-huh. with Israel. And it's like, okay, so were Israel like cursed and like, you know, in the sense that they were dispossessed from their land from complete unfaithfulness? Yes. And it's like, yes, like time and time again they were dispossessed because they they were just they were just awful. Like they're just like, and, and and they're human like us. And it's like we're awful too. We're all sinners in need of a savior. But it's like, f- but then God associates with them. Yeah, that's right. It's Absolutely. amazing. Yeah. Okay, contentment is the greatest gift God gives. This is from Bruce. Gives mm. so, contentment is the greatest gift God gives. So then we are prosperous. We have the most blessed relationship man can have with his God. And this is the thing. 
It is impossible. When you think about this, it is impossible to be wealthier than a content person. Wow. That's an impossibility. Mm. It is impossible to be wealthier than a content person. What do you think about that? You know, that mm. summarizes it right there. Anyway, let's go back to our Bible study. That's all the text messages we have now. Keep sending them through. Love hearing from you guys. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11 to 14. Deuteronomy 30, 11 to 14. This command I'm giving you to you today it is not difficult to understand and it is not beyond reach. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so that we can hear and obey it. It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea and bring it to us so that we may hear it and obey it. No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. Yeah, wow. No, no. See, I've said before you this day, life and good, death and evil. Mm. You know, so, okay, so let's, let's look at these, these, these last verses that we've just read here from 11 to 14 in, in, in particular. Okay, what's God saying here? What's the basic promise of these verses in the New Testament? Oh, I mean, in, 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 what, in the and, book and, of Okay, and what, the New Testament, what New Testament text can you think of that reflect the same promise? So there's kind of two questions there from our Bible study, but yeah. let's start with what is the, the basic idea of what God is saying? Here? God is essentially saying, like, like it's getting to this choose life. You yes. Know, this big, like, choice that humanity has to make. Yes. Um, and the point that God makes, it, you know, he's made previously in the in the specific, like from uh, 1 to 10, talking about the blessings and the cursings on the nation of Israel, that like you can never be too far away no matter how much dispossession you endure because of your unfaithfulness. You can never be too far away from the mercies of God. Um, and then I feel like God in this section then kind of puts a call out that will exist beyond time because I'm not an Israelite. You know, I'm not struggling with literal dispossession. Um, but he says, hey, like, you know, this command, this thing that I'm asking you to do right now, mm-hmm. it's not too far away. Like it's within your, it, like it, it's right, it's actually right in front of you. It's in your mind. It's in your situation. Like choose me or which is life or choose death. Like choose against me and, and that's death. Like the, the, the simple reality here, yes. um, which again, New Testament fulfillment, like to the classic you know, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, you know, believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's like you can either not believe in him and perish or you can believe in him and have everlasting life. Like he's putting out this simple equation that we all have the ability to respond to. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you the, the other thing that sort of jumps out to me from this particular passage is that God's not requiring a pilgrimage to go get it. Wow. Mm. You know, you don't have to go to the other side of the world. You don't have to go to, you know, Majajura. I've been there. Um, or some, you know, sacred site to receive a blessing. I didn't receive a blessing other than the fact that it was an interesting tourist location. Um, you don't have to go to Mecca. What God is saying is that it's right here. It's close. It is in your mouth and in your heart. Mm. And what does it mean that it's in our mouth and in our heart? Well, it simply means that all we have to do to choose life is to accept it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. 
this microphone. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back to Faith FM. <laughs> we're just we're just in the studio and our friend Pastor Blake Penland just walked in and we're like, hey, I distracted you all. <laughs> He's like, am I, am I allowed to be on radio? I'm like, of course you're allowed to be on radio. We're just having this big old conversation here, and the song stops. And I think I took this microphone that's like wrapped up in a... Is that a sock? No, like an old rag. I love yeah, it. We should get a sock on It's the one now. that doesn't have a pop filter. Um, but hey, right now it is time for... Question of the Day. Can I do it? Yeah. Okay, here we go. go Question of the day. I came in here just for this. Faith FM. Uh Who was the second Judas? Was that Thomas? Question mark. Okay, it's a really good question right here. So who was the second Judas? Somebody wants to know the answer. So if you want to find a list of the disciples and who they all were, you'll find it in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 to 16. Let me read here, starting in, say, verse 13 in the Bible. says, And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. And of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Simon, who he also named Peter, Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the Zealot, and Judas the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which was also the traitor. So we were having a discussion as to whether we would like to be the first, second, or the, the, the first Judas. Or the, no, we were asking the question, is it a good thing to be the second Judas? Yes. I'm like, yeah, that's fine to be the second Judas. But then I suddenly realized, actually, wait a minute, the second Judas was Judas Iscariot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now what you're going to find is that there is a level of confusion on this because this is one of the only places in the Bible where Judas, the son of James is called Judas. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else in the Bible is called Thaddeus. Ah. Really? Yes. And now this is not unusual. Peter got called Simon. Thomas got called Didymus. You know, and we could go on and on. That was actually the answer for our last quiz question as well, that which we already gave everyone opportunity to answer. So, there you go. So, yeah. There you go. So you've got, you know, you've got the, uh, you've got the Sons of Thunder. Um, you've got... Uh, um, yeah, you've got other people who were, who went by different names. And is that unusual today? Did either of you guys have a nickname when you were a kid? Yeah, mine was cool. Yours was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you were cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can imagine Blake, Pastor Blake, you would have a bunch of nicknames. Um, I had a few nicknames when I was a kid, so nicknames are a common thing. I mean, we had producer, well, not producer. I'm so sorry. We had um, we had Minnie who worked for us here for a long time. You all remember Minnie who was co-hosting yeah. here for like ever. Yeah. And Minnie's amazing. Sitting in the same seat as Cool here. Yeah, that's right. Sitting in the same seat as Cool. Just going to ignore Lawson. DJ Cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, for those of you who don't know, her real name is Sherry Lynn. Mm. Yeah, I didn't even know that. And I've known her for years. And then someone said that and I was like, they got your name wrong. And then she's like, no, that's actually my real name. And I was like. Okay, that was a test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the great thing with Minnie is that she has a whole bunch of different names. Mm. Yeah. So I got she she applied for a job the other day, and I got a you know one of those reference things. You just, you fill out the form, and there's reference for Jack. And I'm like, who's Jack? Oh, that's Minnie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of her nicknames. She's just a, whenever she goes for a job, she's like, well, which name will I use this time? That's yeah. so funny. I had honestly, I was just thinking about some of the nicknames I had. They all have the word big in them. I don't know why, um, but they no used idea. to call me Big Bird. 
back in the day because I was tall and I wore a yellow jersey when I played mm-hmm. basketball. That that stuck around for a little while. Then I was big foot because I have size 17 feet. And then that's what they called me in football. And and literally my teammates thought my parents named me Bigfoot. They're like, man, you got some really hippie parents, don't you? <laughs> and I was like, you know, that's not my real name. And they're like, yeah, right, Bigfoot. <laughs> and then the last one that stuck probably the longest, and still to this day my wife has this name in her phone for me, is Big Heavy. So that's it's all big, uh, but I'm Big Heavy and – Honestly, I love Big Heavy. It's like a term of endearment, you know? Yes. So yeah. I'm just like, if you want to call me Big Heavy, I'm cool with that. Pastor yeah. Big Heavy. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was amongst, you know, this is the thing we find with Jesus. He was relaxed. He was a human mm. being. They had nicknames. Mm. And it was one of the easy ways of differentiating between disciples that shared the same name. Mm. Absolutely. You know, um, and so you've got two Judases, like, okay, you're going to go by um, Thaddeus. We'll call you Thaddeus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's come to the end of the show. It has. Blake arrived just in time. Uh-huh. All, the, all the heavy lifting was done. Yeah. Oh, boys, you need help. That's it. That's it. It's like, <laughs> Here to help. The afternoon shift has arrived. Uh, okay, so we love having you uh, interact with our show this morning. So much great interaction. Really enjoyed all of the text messages that came through. Some very deep thoughts there that mm. I'd never thought of before. Mm. Um, so good. We, we just appreciate that so much. We love you guys, and uh, we love having you as a part of the show. And, of course, at the end of the show, we just want to encourage you. Stay tuned for Tassie Encounters. And as you go through this day, even though you'll be listening to Faith FM, don't forget to spend some time alone Mm. with Jesus Christ. Mm. And spend that time in prayer. Spend that time in Bible study. Do not forget personal time with Christ. And, of course, as you talk with people, remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith. You will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.